0: Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Every Wednesday, we discuss all things dogs, from health and veterinary care to training and behavior science. Follow us and join Good Dog's mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I'm Nicole, your breeder community lead here at Good Dog, and I am so excited to be joined today by Doyleen Roberts, member of the St. Bernard Club of America and the club's health chair for 2022. Today, we're going to be highlighting the recent successes of the club's National Health Day, which occurred just this week and was sponsored by the Good Dog Grant. All of the work they're doing to further the health of the St. Bernard breed is what we're going to cover today, and we are just so excited to have you here. For any listeners that are new here, I just want to say welcome. We're so happy to have you here and listening as well. Good Dog is on a mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them by advocating for dog breeders, educating the public, and promoting canine health and responsible dog ownership. We're a secure and free online community created just for dog breeders, and we're committed to empowering dog breeders with technology. If you aren't yet a member of our community, we invite you to learn more about our mission and apply to join at gooddog.com slash join, which as always you can find in our show notes. So to kick things off, I'll pass things over to you, Doyleen, to introduce yourself. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your background with dogs, and then also how you came to join the SBCA?
1: Okay, Nicole. And first of all, I would like to thank you for having me here today. It's been a relationship with Good Dog, and to have received the Good Dog Grant Foundation from the foundation last year was quite a shot in the arm to our national club and to our health day plans, which I look forward to discussing with you today. To tell you a little bit about my background, well, it's 62 years since I was in the ring with my first dog, so that kind of gives you a feeling for how long I've been around dogs. My first show dog was a collie. It was from my mom. And I kind of vowed at that time, the last dog I ever wanted to have when I grew up was a collie of my own. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that started my long career, if you will, in dogs. And college got in the way and graduate school, business school, all the life pieces kind of got in the way of me being really involved, if you will, in the national platform of supporting dogs. But what happened to me to make me fall in love with Saints was. It was probably about 40 years ago. I had had giant schnauzers. I'd actually helped to bring a couple of the first giant schnauzers into the United States at the time. And I was standing around the working dog ring, which, of course, I was kind of, we have a term called bucket bitch in the dog world that you kind of stand around and watch things. And the working dog, of course, had St. Bernard's in it. And I looked at the breed and I played with a few on the outside and I immediately was drawn to their personality. But what I wasn't drawn to was how unhealthy they looked in the ring 40 years ago. And so I didn't know it at the time, but my mission kind of became at that time to get involved with saints, to get my own breeding program started, which I did, and to work as much as I could in the health and the longevity and better breeding practices for the St. Bernard world.
0: That's great. What is it about St. Bernard's that you love so much?
1: Oh, that's a really great question. And what it truly is, is I've never seen, and I have had every dog known to man, they just bond with you better. They bond with the human spirit. In fact, one of the best ways to describe what that means to me, at least, is I always kind of got nervous showing my own saints in the ring. I didn't care about showing Basset Hounds and Schnauzers and all these other breeds. But I know for a fact that my bonding with saints and their bonding with me is so intense that I feel they could feel my happiness or my not happiness through the leash. Yeah. And I never wanted them not to think I thought they were the best things in the world. So that kind of describes that bond feeling I have with them. It's very intimate.
0: That's amazing. I feel like for me, I've only seen a few St. Bernards in person. I hope to see more. But every time I have seen one in person walking around, I'm like struck by how majestic they look. They're just like absolutely very commanding. I don't know if that's the right word, but they just have such a commanding, beautiful presence. So that's always something that's struck me about them. That really
1: makes me happy to hear that's the impression you have. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're
0: just so beautiful Clearly a very special breed. So moving a little bit to the St. Bernard Club of America, can you just tell our listeners a brief history of the SBCA, how the club got started, what the original purpose of the club was, and what the club works to do?
1: Sure. Well, the St. Bernard Club of America is one of the actually original parent clubs to the AKC and was founded in, I believe it was 1888, Oh, wow. And for any of the historians out in the pod world, AKC was founded in 1884. So it just shows you that the St. Bernards have been part of the American Kennel Club for a very, very long time, since basically the inception of it. What our mission is, is to support the welfare of St. Bernards across the board, be it in the confirmation ring or be it in the what we call the working dog performance rings, which includes weight pool, carting, drafting. We're hoping, through initiatives I've started, to bring back one of our original performance events, and that's called tracking. Because if you think of a St. Bernard, and you see those pretty pictures in your head in Switzerland, what they actually were originally found to do better than virtually any other dog by selective breeding practices, perhaps by the monks, was their ability to help find humans lost in the snow through the Alps. And they also had an uncanny ability to predict coming avalanches, which was extremely nice for humans. And so that bond almost 300 odd years ago that started at the hospice was an amazing journey that we all, as St. Bernard breeders and parts of our national club, try to keep going. We also support rescue very heavily and education, be it on how to handle your saint better in the world or also in terms of health, how to have better health practices, what we can do to keep them as healthy and bring a good longevity to their life and have them part of that family, which means so much to them.
0: Yeah, and everything you described really lines up with what Good Dog exists to do as well, not just for St. Bernard's, but for all dog breeds, really striving to not only make them healthier, promote canine health, but also education of what these amazing breeds do. So it brings me to the next thing I really wanted to talk about, which is how you and I had connected, I think almost over a year ago, it might have been about our club grant program and your club applying for a good dog grant. And I remember you telling me about these plans for the National Health Day, which at the time seemed so far away. And now it happened just last week. So I'd love for you to tell our listeners more about the National Health Day, the events of the day, but maybe just starting off before all of that with how the idea came to be. Okay, let me backtrack a little bit. I
1: think it was about 13, 14 months ago that we connected And it was thanks to some of our National Breed members who are in the confirmation world who brought Good Dog to my attention. So the word of mouth being out there and having some of our key members. In fact, two of the members on our health committee were also Good Dog people. So seven years ago, I was asked by the president to take over what's called the health panel of our St. Bernard National Club. And I was honored to be offered that because I'm not a veterinarian, but I had run a vet practice that I owned, and I came from investment banking, so I kind of knew how to organize businesses. So my first goal was to get a really good panel together seven years ago, and we did. And I brought together our vets, some people from the medical industries, a whole group, but are all saints, fanciers within our national club. And what we next did was, of course, look at the major diseases in our breed. And surveys have been done over time, and we have learned, and it still is about the same thing, that number one, bloat is, of course, a very, very dangerous disease for St. Bernard's, like most giant breeds or narrow-chested breed dogs. Second of all is what we call idiopathic epilepsy or seizures that we don't know the cause of. Next is osteosarcoma, which is the bone cancer That is very similar to the bone cancer that young adolescent teenagers, humans have. And it presents itself very similarly. And then last but not least is the cardiology diseases, the heart diseases. And primarily in St. Bernard's, we have found dilated cardiomyopathy has the other major disease that leads to death in St. Bernard's before their time. So that kind of set our mission, if you will. And then I took the platform that every year we have our national show and it happens on the East Coast, the West Coast, and the Midwest. And we plan these a few years ahead. And my goal was to bring the leading minds in the veterinarian world to talk at these seminars to bring everybody up to speed on what's the latest and greatest information while we as a panel found studies and research projects that we could invest funds from our foundation, because the St. Bernard Club, and we do have about 375 members, and they support health very, very well through our foundation. So to bring everybody forward over those seven years, we have literally done all those studies. And in the interim of that, we also set a plan to get what we call a chick program for St. Bernard's. CHIC stands for the Canine Health Information Center, a division of Orthopedic Federation, which basically says there are X amount of health tests that can be done for your dog, whatever breed it is. And if you test for those breeds, it doesn't matter if you pass or fail. As long as you test for them and share this information through the open database of CHIC, then you will receive the notoriety of having a chick number, which is very nice to have. And we set about setting up our program of what we could do. Well, you know, there's no test for bloat, unfortunately. There's no test for epilepsy in Saints yet. There's no test for osteosarcoma. So three out of our four leading major diseases, unfortunately, can't be chick tested. But heart echocardiograms certainly make a big difference. Eye testing is certainly very important because you don't want an entropian eye that scratches the cornea and leads to blindness. These are things that we can really control. Low thyroid in a St. Bernard can really affect its life, its happiness, its skin, its ability to breathe. So we really can test for that. And as time has progressed, since my seven years of being in this position, we actually have two genetic tests now. So I'm bringing it up to speed to our national test day this year. And those tests are DM, which stands for degenerative myopathy, which any of the listeners out there will know. Corgis present many cases of. Saints have a fair amount, and we've learned that over the last seven years. And there is a one-gene genetic autosomal test for this. And number two and it's not in our CHEC program, but our goal was to gather as much information because thanks to the Leonberger world, you know, all this dog people work together, by the way. Which Leonberger's, love, yes, yes and it's tremendous. That. And yeah. communicating this through all the platforms and to the other breeds is really kind of what my mission has been about. What we learned through Dr. Mickelson at University of Minnesota about five years ago is that Leonberger's presented a paralysis of the laryngeal area, better known as larpar or neuropathy laryngitis paralysis, which is a really horrible disease. Onset can be five to six, and it just leads to their ability not to swallow. It's a very very sad disease. And Dr. Mickelson figured out in Minnesota that burgers got their genetic makeup, if you will, from Saint Bernards. They kind of bred out of them. So. If he could get enough St. Bernard's to look at, was this a disease in our breed, which by the time a saint is eight years old and they can't breathe, you can come up with lots of different reasons behind that or sudden death and all sorts of things. So thanks to Dr. Mickelson's gene work, we supported it. And we did discover that the genetic marker for Leonbergers is exactly the same genetic marker for St. Bernard's. And so consequently... It's, yes, okay. it's wonderful. And I mean, this is through my tenure. It's been exciting to see what yeah. we learn. And so we instituted a real big push in the last two years to get as many saint people involved in testing so that they will know for their breeding program, if they're a carrier, they can just make sure they breed to a clear dog. And there's so many awesome ways you can make sure you don't ruin your breeding program. You just increase the knowledge of your breeding program. So that brings us up to a year ago when I talked to you and we wanted to kind of wrap up my tenure, if you will, because I'll let you know some more exciting things that I knew I wanted to get involved in coming the year after that, that we wanted to institute some test clinics for people that were at our national and do it in a way that they really could benefit from a good financial incentive to do it. And thanks to Good Dog, Grant, we were able to offer over a 50% reduction in the cost of these tests. We did the eyes and we did the DM and the LARPAR. And having 150 dogs at our event, our national, we tested over 60. Wow. Which for us is truly an amazing number. I mean, for other breeds, it may sound not that great. Almost 50% for us, for people who didn't even think there were health issues they could test for a few years ago, is an enormous improvement. And we're really, really proud of it.
0: That's incredible to hear. Wow.
1: So this year, our National Health Day, we kind of took the whole day, if you will. We started with our classic seminar to get smart. And we really had a bang up seminar with Dr. Stacey Leach, who is the chief cardiologist at Missouri, and any of the Doberman people out there might know his name, he headed up the Doberman study on DCM for the last over 10 years. And the information they have gathered, thanks to the generosity of Doberman people with their dogs and their time, they've now identified three genes, which hopefully can lead St. Bernard people in the next five to 10 years to have a little more direction of why dilated cardiomyopathy By the way, for people that don't know, that's just a weakening of the heart muscle in the dog. And it leads to, well, in Doberman's, it actually is everything. It's early onset, it's like sudden death. And in Saints, it presents itself more as a degenerative disease coming in at six years of age. From Dr. Leach's great seminar, which, by the way, was wonderful, we also were able to do it as a Zoom meeting. And we included people across the country that are national club members that couldn't be at the National, and people loved it. It was a really great experience. I for love a that. The and bright side
0: had, of technology.
1: Yes. <laughs> we had a question and answer for people out in the field as well, and it was really very well received. Our next seminar was Eddie Dusick, and a lot of you all know who Eddie is. He, outside of being the president and chief operating officer of OFA, And so consequently, the chick program he helped create, he also has bred not just one, not two, but he's been involved in three Best in Show winners at Westminster in Beagle. So you don't get more knowledgeable about the dog show world. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) And to have somebody like that also running major health initiatives really brings a lot of people that are afraid of health and sharing information. It really lowers the temperature in the room, if you will, because if he can do it, you know, we all can do it. It just kind of removes that. And Eddie has a great mind that, you know, no matter who you are out there, no matter what you've done, you will have health problems in your breeding program. You can't escape them. And that kind of brings you up to speed on our testing in the afternoon for those diseases
0: afterwards. All right, everyone, you are listening to the Good Dog Pod. We'll be right back. Did you know breeders on Good Dog get $100 every year to spend on health testing and access to exclusive discounts from our partners, including Embark, Print Genetics, and AKC Reunite? Click the link in the show notes to learn more about how you can access these special discounts and benefits today. How was this day received by your club members, your attendees? What was like the general feeling at the National Health
1: Sure. Day? I think people ahead of time, we're almost cautiously optimistic. In fact, I was, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. And my test kits, we used PA, they're Neogen now. And I was trying to get my order in for test kits and how much I was going to cost. And I was trying to be optimistic, but you know, it's really hard to get people to sign up for things ahead of time. So, <laughs> exactly. We know what that's like. So, I was hoping I could get 30 mm-hmm. tests done. And we doubled that number so my cautious optimism was well received i think and we we were very your
0: own expectations we did yeah and
1: let me tie that into kind of our future for a few minutes one of the things that you know i'm kind of on the other side of my dog breeding career you know obviously at 70 you you think about how long You can take care of all those critters financially and physically and, you know, just be there for them because that's, to me, the most important thing. And there's a lot of people that are our SBCA members that are kind of in my world. You know, we've been around a long time and we haven't done a great job of bringing newer, younger people along that well. So last year at the time that we were discussing and I wanted to kind of have this major, major event. I also was looking what I could do after my, I call it my second retirement, coming to Fort Collins, Colorado. And what we did is some of the younger breeders in the Rocky Mountain region kind of came to me and they said, you know, you've been around this for a long time. You probably know how all this weird stuff works. I really don't. But anyway, (laughs) Um, could you help us get together a new specialty club because a little bird walk, there has not been an active St. Bernard Club in the whole region of the Rockies, that's Colorado, Utah, Montana, Wyoming, New Mexico. There's not been an active St. Bernard Club here for over seven years, which is horrible. So consequently, AKC terminated the specialty clubs here. You only have five years if you're not active. And we had some of our best, I mean, the woman who This year won the national, not just with the best in show dog, but with the best bitch lives eight miles from me. Okay. We didn't have these people represented in specialty clubs, which is how you build the grassroots for a national parent club. Right. So my mission (laughs) was to get a specialty club going. And my real mission wasn't to stock it with all people my age which I could call on the phone and get them, but was to bring new people in. And what we've learned, and I think good dog is a wonderful example of that, is younger people in the dog world, even if you're in your 40s, but people haven't been in it a long time, are desperately worried about health issues in their dogs and the dogs they get or the dogs they breed. And there's no excuses for us not to have that kind of relationship with people and share that kind of information. So that became kind of the major goal of our new specialty club. We started gathering people together, getting our documents already. In April, we filed for membership with over 72 members, which is more than double any other saint club in America right now.
0: I feel like that's big for a club in general. That's It is. It really is.
1: For a specialty
0: club, it is extraordinary. And
1: of those 72 people, 35 of those people are not members of the National Club, are relatively new, like less than five years in the breed, and bring some really just brilliant new ideas and are very worried about health issues and better breeding practices. So all this really ties back to what we accomplished when we talked, because that was kind of where I wanted to go. And I was wanting to find out how I could bring new people in, because if we don't get new people into the St. Bernard Club of America, we will die the way those regional clubs have died. I mean, I know of clubs in California, in California, which is where I used to live, in Southern California. I used to have a specialty show where we would have 150 dogs, the size of the national. Those clubs in places with as many humans as Southern California, we're down to like clubs with five to 10 members. And they're not young people either. You know, that's not good. It's not good for our breed. It's not good for dogs in general. And it's kind of a testament of, I think, the faith that the St. Bernard Club of America has in us is last week, after we did our test day, three weeks before a couple of people came to me and said, you know, nobody put in for 2024, a Western national. And I said, well, we're not even a legal club yet. You know, you go through these stages with AKC. They said, why don't we do it? Well, I went, what the heck? Why not? <laughs> we did it. Wow. We presented. And last Thursday, the day after our national test day, we beat out three competing bids. I know it's really quite amazing unanimously by the board of directors to host in Loveland, Colorado, which is Northern Colorado in 2024, the St. Bernard national. And I can imagine what you think I want to do for health at that national.
0: (laughs) Wow! I can't believe that. Congratulations. That's incredible. You've had such a great few weeks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now there's a lot of work to do.
0: (laughs) Right. With the good news comes the good work, which I totally get, but that is an incredible, incredible achievement. Thank you. We're very proud of ourselves. We really are. (laughs) Well, that kind of brings me into some of my last few questions for you about looking to the future and just speaking to you for this episode. It's just so clear to me what a forward thinker you are in terms of the health of your breed and how something that you've been working on for seven years finally culminated last week. So events like National Health Day for the SBCA was obviously so successful and you're already lining up new things as I'm speaking to you, but what are you hoping to see in the future health of the St. Bernard breed? I know when we first started speaking, you mentioned even 40 years ago, their health looked so different. What are you hoping to see in the future? I think what we're looking at is there's some intangibles and
1: tangibles, and I'll divide it kind of up that way. Yeah. In the intangibles, I have been to a lot of nationals over the last 30, 40 years, and I have very happily seen the breed improve in temperament which is awesome if we're teaching people about saints we have this like little analogy that you're buried in an avalanche and this thing is digging you out and it's now taking the snow off your face and it's one inch from your face and you see the saint head and are is this saint gonna lick you and save you or is it gonna bite you And that's what we want every saint to look like and be like for human beings. We want that relationship to always be like that. Not in our standard, it says, without a hint of morosity. It's an intangible, but I've definitely seen that grow exponentially over the last 40 years. I've seen definite improvements in their movement. And what was really striking this year, and you always want your females to look better, the females we're breeding today are far more outstanding in movement and not looking like they have bad hips. I mean, that's you have to kind of put that in quotes because you're visually looking at it, but they looked much better in their rears. The dogs still can improve, but we made a tremendous improvement, I think, in that area. So we want to, of course, keep that going. We want to keep the great temperaments going. We have some major diseases to unravel osteosarcoma, we're getting really close. And thanks to the generosity of some very high net worth people, we've actually been able, outside of the St. Bernard Club of America, but through some private funding I've helped, to do some major six-figure funding of some wonderful studies that will, you can be treated without first having to amputate the leg, which is really, really important. And those studies are very exciting. And that's kind of things that I work on as well right now. That's hopefully in the next five or 10 years. Hopefully, we will start being able to identify some of the idiopathic epilepsy, the seizures we know the cause from. I'll draw a little analogy here. It is not for saints yet. But in Basset Hounds this year, they were able to institute a new genetic test of a disease called Lefora that does cause seizures in basses starting at about five years of age. And it's a one-gene disease, and it could make an extraordinary improvement in helping us solve some of the puzzles of some of the forms of seizures in dogs, and that's very exciting, and we hope for that in Saints. Tangible issues is when I started this a few years ago, we had no dogs, Well, we didn't even have a chick program. In the first few years, we had one or two, you know, everybody gets nervous about sharing their information because people get judged and you may have some readers that you bought your puppy from saying you can't do this testing and share it. We've really worked on that issue with people and that's the taking people's hand by hand and holding them through the process that there should be no shaming in any of this. It's purely education. Well, this year we're up to 60, as in six o. Chip numbers for Saints, which compared to labs is very small, but compared to where we started is extraordinary. And we've doubled that number every year. Like last year, it was less than 30. This year, we're up to 60. So our goal by 2024 is to have that number in three digits. And I think we'll be able to accomplish that pretty well.
0: I have no doubt that you will be able to. (laughs) It sounds like that is very close on the horizon for your club. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, this has been such an eye-opening conversation for me and I hope for our listeners too. And I think what really sticks out to me is just in general, what dog clubs like the SBCA can do when you put your hearts to it and your minds. And I feel like dog clubs in general can just move mountains in terms of furthering the health of the dogs that we love. And it takes time. It takes effort. Like you said, something like what happened last week with the National Health Day, that was seven years in the making, long before I even met you or spoke to you. And it's just so incredible to think that there are a lot of possibilities ahead for not only the St. Bernard breed, but for all of the breeds that we love and how the work that you are doing can maybe one day inform the health of another breed and another and so on. So I really just think it's this beautiful thing. and I mean, it really just shows what supporting science and research and the health of our dogs can really do. So thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this with me and our listeners. Well, you're most welcome. And thank you for supporting us at meant the World Test.
1: And we look forward to working with you guys in the future on anything we can help you with
0: or participate in. Of course. We're excited to continue this relationship. And thank you all to our listeners for tuning into this episode. Like I said, we're so happy we could have Doyleen with us and give us insight into the incredible work that dog clubs are doing for the health and well-being of the dogs that we love so much and how even small things like health testing, they really do add up to the benefit of the future of all dogs. And we were so honored to be just a small part of that. So thank you again for joining us and we will see you back here for our next episode.